the Bible, the book that has changed the world by changing lives around the world. Men and women, young and old, the Bible has changed my life. The love, stability, and hope that I need, they're all found in the Bible. The Bible gives me hope that a new day is coming. The Bible is helping me see what really matters. The Bible Live is a -a one-of-a-kind, first-time-in-history radio program. Offering you the chance to hear a 15 to 20 minute Bible reading each weeknight. The entire Bible, every year. Hear the scriptures, then call in with your comments and questions. This is the best show in the world. Well, actually, I was speaking against everything you were talking about before, and uh, now I, I stand humbly corrected. I'm a pastor, and our people really need to know the word more. The Bible also transformed the life of your Bible Live host. A full-blooded Apache Indian, born out of wedlock and abandoned at birth. Soapy Dollar was found in a big city alley by a kind-hearted fortune teller, then passed around to 16 families before he was six years old. Placed in a home for homeless and delinquent boys, Soapy Dollar heard the Bible's life-changing message at the age of eight, and the course of his life was changed. He's an American Indian guitar play it all around rodeo cowboy. I keep my thumb between the pages and my heart in the book. With more degrees than a thermometer and over 40 years of introducing folks just like you to the God of the Bible. Here is Soapy Dollar. All right. What could possibly go wrong after an introduction like that? I mean, honest. Good evening, everyone. Glad you're with us tonight for The Bible Live. We will continue our way through the books of Genesis, Exodus, and Leviticus. That's what we do at this time of the year, every year. Since 2001, we begin in the book of Genesis. We go Genesis, Exodus, and then Leviticus. And then, just in time for Christmas, we move over to the first of the four Gospels, the Gospel of Matthew in the New Testament. Then we come back to Numbers and Deuteronomy. Then we go back to the Gospel of Mark. We alternate back and forth between the Old Testament of the Bible and the New Testament. We are in the book of Exodus now. We saw Joseph at the end of the book of Genesis go into Egypt. He became miraculously the second in command over the entire nation of Egypt. We understand a little bit of the cultural background, the linguistic background, the history of Egypt to know that with the Hyksos dynasty there, it certainly looks like it may have been very probable that someone like Joseph, who is from Canaan, as were the Hyksos leaders, might well have fit into that situation and been trusted at that level of authority in the nation of Egypt. Now, in the first chapters of Exodus, we find this individual named Moses who is in many ways a type of the Messiah, the Savior, has a unique birth, saved from infanticide. The Pharaoh who was raised up, who did not know Joseph, began to kill all of the infants, and so they hid him out on one of the tributaries of the Nile River, and he was found. His sister Miriam was watching him, and we'll see a lot of Miriam later in the book. They were able to get him raised by the family, but he is also raised and educated by the daughter of the Pharaoh in the palace itself with the best of education and the best of resources and provisions for his life. So Moses, a remarkable individual, he was 40 years in the palace. He identified with his people. He had to flee from Pharaoh. 
He was 40 years now in the desert, and then God appeared to him in a burning bush, called him to go back to Egypt and deliver his people out of the hand of Pharaoh, out of bondage, out of slavery. We'll come back to that right now, though. Psalm 16. Keep me safe, O God, for I have come to you for refuge. I said to the Lord, You are my master. All the good things I have are from you. The godly people in the land are my true heroes. I take pleasure in them. Those who chase after other gods will be filled with sorrow. I will not take part in their sacrifices or even speak the names of their gods. Lord, you alone are my inheritance, my cup of blessing. You guard all that is mine. The land that you have given me is a pleasant land. What a wonderful inheritance. I will bless the Lord who guides me. Even at night, my heart instructs me. I know the Lord is always with me. I will not be shaken, for he is right beside me. No wonder my heart is filled with joy and my mouth shouts his praises. My body rests in safety, for you will not leave my soul among the dead or allow your godly one to rot in the grave. You will show me the way of life, granting me the joy of your presence and the pleasures of living with you forever. End of reading, Psalm 16. This is my desire to You're listening to The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. All right, not much time tonight to get ready for our reading. I've kind of gone through the background of Moses. Maybe what I failed to mention and something that's important for you to understand is that it all happens very quickly here at the beginning. A lot of Moses' experiences of his life, the major experiences, are covered very quickly, but you have to realize that years are passing. He spends 40 years in the palaces of Egypt. He is educated. He is raised there in Egypt in the palace. He has this best of education, the best of preparations. And then he identifies with his people and has to flee for his life. Then he spends another 40 years in the desert as a shepherd. Now we're catching him at 80 years of age as God calls him to go back and call his people out of slavery. The Bible Life. Exodus 6.14 through 10.29. Exodus 6. These are the ancestors of clans from some of Israel's tribes. The descendants of Reuben, Israel's oldest son, included Hanak, Palu, Hezron, and Carmi. Their descendants became the clans of Reuben. The descendants of Simeon included Jemuel, Jamin, Ohad, Jachin, Zohar, and Shaul, whose mother was a Canaanite. Their descendants became the clans of Simeon. These are the descendants of Levi, listed according to their family groups. In the first generation were Goshan, Kohath, and Merari. Levi, their father, lived to be 137 years old. The descendants of Gershon included Libni and Shimei, each of whom is the ancestor of a clan. The descendants of Kohath included Amram, Ishar, Hebron, and Usiel. Kohath lived to be 133 years old. The descendants of Merari included Mali and Mushi. These are the clans of the Levites listed according to their genealogies. Amram married his father's sister Jochebed, and she bore him Aaron and Moses. Amram lived to be 137 years old. The descendants of Ishar included Korah, Nepheg, and Zikri. The descendants of Usiel included Mishael, Elsaphan, and Sithri. Aaron married Elisheba, the daughter of Aminadab and sister of Nashon, and she bore him Nadab, Abihu, Eliezer, and Ithamar. The descendants of Korah included Asir, Elkanah, and Abiasaph. Their descendants became the clans of Korah. 
Eleazar, son of Aaron, married one of the daughters of Putiel, and she bore him Phinehas. These are the ancestors of the Levite clans listed according to their family groups. The Aaron and Moses named in this list are the same Aaron and Moses to whom the Lord said, Lead all the people of Israel out of the land of Egypt, division by division. They are the ones who went to Pharaoh to ask permission to lead the people from the land of Egypt. At that time the Lord had said to them, I am the Lord. Give Pharaoh the message I have given you. This is the same Moses who had argued with the Lord, saying, I can't do it. I'm no orator. Why should Pharaoh listen to me? You're listening to the Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. Exodus 7. Then the Lord said to Moses, Pay close attention to this. I will make you seem like God to Pharaoh. Your brother Aaron will be your prophet. He will speak for you. Tell Aaron everything I say to you and have him announce it to Pharaoh. He will demand that the people of Israel be allowed to leave Egypt. But I will cause Pharaoh to be stubborn so I can multiply my miraculous signs and wonders in the land of Egypt. Even then Pharaoh will refuse to listen to you. So I will crush Egypt with a series of disasters after which I will lead the forces of Israel out with great acts of judgment. When I show the Egyptians my power and force them to let the Israelites go, they will realize that I am the Lord. So Moses and Aaron did just as the Lord had commanded them. Moses was 80 years old, and Aaron was 83 at the time they made their demands to Pharaoh. Then the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, Pharaoh will demand that you show him a miracle to prove that God has sent you. When he makes this demand, say to Aaron, Throw down your shepherd's staff, and it will become a snake. So Moses and Aaron went to see Pharaoh, and they performed the miracle just as the Lord had told them. Aaron threw down his staff before Pharaoh and his court, and it became a snake. Then Pharaoh called in his wise men and magicians, and they did the same thing with their secret arts. Their staffs became snakes too, but then Aaron's snakes swallowed up their snakes. Pharaoh's heart, however, remained hard and stubborn. He still refused to listen, just as the Lord had predicted. Then the Lord said to Moses, Pharaoh is very stubborn, and he continues to refuse to let the people go. So go to Pharaoh in the morning as he goes down to the river. Stand on the river bank and meet him there. Be sure to take along the shepherd's staff that turned into a snake. Say to him, The Lord, the God of the Hebrews, has sent me to say, Let my people go so they can worship me in the wilderness. Until now you have refused to listen to him. Now the Lord says you are going to find out that I am the Lord. Look, I will hit the water of the Nile with his staff, and the river will turn to blood. The fish in it will die, and the river will stink. The Egyptians will not be able to drink any water from the Nile. Then the Lord said to Moses, Tell Aaron to point his staff toward the waters of Egypt, all its rivers, canals, marshes, and reservoirs. Everywhere in Egypt the water will turn into blood, even the water stored in wooden bowls and stone pots in the people's homes. So Moses and Aaron did just as the Lord had commanded them. As Pharaoh and all of his officials watched, Aaron raised his staff and hit the water of the Nile. Suddenly the whole river turned to blood. The fish in the river died, and the water became so foul that the Egyptians couldn't drink it. There was blood everywhere throughout the land of Egypt. But again the magicians of Egypt used their secret arts, and they too turned water into blood. So Pharaoh's heart remained hard and stubborn. He refused to listen to Moses and Aaron, just as the Lord had predicted. Pharaoh returned to his palace and put the whole thing out of his mind. Then the Egyptians dug wells along the riverbank to get drinking water, for they couldn't drink from the river. An entire week passed from the time the Lord turned the water of the Nile to blood. You're listening to the Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. Exodus 8. Then the Lord said to Moses, Go to Pharaoh once again and tell him, This is what the Lord says. Let my people go so they can worship me. If you refuse, then listen carefully to this. I will send vast hordes of frogs across your entire land, from one border to the other. The Nile River will swarm with them. 
They will come up out of the river and into your houses, even into your bedrooms and onto your beds. Every home in Egypt will be filled with them. They will fill even your ovens and your kneading bowls. You and your people will be overwhelmed by frogs. Then the Lord said to Moses, Tell Aaron to point his shepherd's staff toward all the rivers, canals, and marshes of Egypt, so there will be frogs in every corner of the land. Aaron did so, and frogs covered the whole land of Egypt. But the magicians were able to do the same thing with their secret arts. They, too, caused frogs to come up on the land. Then Pharaoh summoned Moses and Aaron and begged, Plead with the Lord to take the frogs away from me and my people. I will let the people go so they can offer sacrifices to the Lord. You set the time, Moses replied. Tell me when you want me to pray for you, your officials, and your people. I will pray that you and your houses will be rid of the frogs. Then only the frogs in the Nile River will remain alive. Do it tomorrow, Pharaoh said. All right, Moses replied. It will be as you have said. Then you will know that no one is as powerful as the Lord our God. All the frogs will be destroyed except those in the river. So Moses and Aaron left Pharaoh, and Moses pleaded with the Lord about the frogs he had sent. And the Lord did as Moses had promised. The frogs in the houses, the courtyards, and the fields all died. They were piled into great heaps, and a terrible stench filled the land. But when Pharaoh saw that the frogs were gone, he hardened his heart. He refused to listen to Moses and Aaron, just as the Lord had predicted. So the Lord said to Moses, Tell Aaron to strike the dust with his staff. The dust will turn into swarms of gnats throughout the land of Egypt. So Moses and Aaron did just as the Lord had commanded them. Suddenly gnats infested the entire land, covering the Egyptians and their animals. All the dust in the land of Egypt turned into gnats. Pharaoh's magicians tried to do the same thing with their secret arts, but this time they failed. And the gnats covered all the people and animals. This is the finger of God, the magicians exclaimed to Pharaoh. But Pharaoh's heart remained hard and stubborn. He wouldn't listen to them just as the Lord had predicted. Next, the Lord told Moses, Get up early in the morning and meet Pharaoh as he goes down to the river. Say to him, This is what the Lord says, Let my people go so they can worship me. If you refuse, I will send swarms of flies throughout Egypt. Your homes will be filled with them and the ground will be covered with them. But it will be very different in the land of Goshen where the Israelites live. No flies will be found there. Then you will know that I am the Lord and that I have power even in the heart of your land. I will make a clear distinction between your people and my people. This miraculous sign will happen tomorrow. And the Lord did just as he had said. There were terrible swarms of flies in Pharaoh's palace and in every home in Egypt. The whole country was thrown into chaos by the flies. Pharaoh hastily called for Moses and Aaron. All right, go ahead and offer sacrifices to your God, he said. But do it here in this land. Don't go out into the wilderness. But Moses replied, that won't do. The Egyptians would detest the sacrifices that we offer to the Lord our God. If we offer them here where they can see us, they will be sure to stone us. We must take a three-day trip into the wilderness to offer sacrifices to the Lord our God, just as he has commanded us. All right, go ahead, Pharaoh replied. I will let you go to offer sacrifices to the Lord your God in the wilderness. But don't go too far away. Now hurry and pray for me. As soon as I go, Moses said, I will ask the Lord to cause the swarms of flies to disappear from you and all your people. But I am warning you, don't change your mind again and refuse to let the people go sacrifice to the Lord. So Moses left Pharaoh and asked the Lord to remove all the flies. And the Lord did as Moses asked and caused the swarms to disappear. Not a single fly remained in the land. But Pharaoh hardened his heart again and refused to let the people go. You're listening to the Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. Exodus 9. 
Go back to Pharaoh, the Lord commanded Moses. Tell him, this is what the Lord, the God of the Hebrews, says. Let my people go so they can worship me. If you continue to oppress them and refuse to let them go, the Lord will send a deadly plague to destroy your horses, donkeys, camels, cattle, and sheep. But the Lord will again make a distinction between the property of the Israelites and that of the Egyptians. Not a single one of Israel's livestock will die. The Lord announced that he would send the plague the very next day, and he did it, just as he had said. The next morning, all the livestock of the Egyptians began to die, but the Israelites didn't lose a single animal from their flocks and herds. Pharaoh sent officials to see whether it was true that none of the Israelites' animals were dead. But even after he found it to be true, his heart remained stubborn. He still refused to let the people go. Then the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, Take soot from a furnace and have Moses toss it into the sky while Pharaoh watches. It will spread like fine dust over the whole land of Egypt, causing boils to break out on people and animals alike. So they gathered soot from a furnace and went to see Pharaoh. As Pharaoh watched, Moses tossed the soot into the air, and terrible boils broke out on the people and animals throughout Egypt. Even the magicians were unable to stand before Moses because the boils had broken out on them too. But the Lord made Pharaoh even more stubborn, and he refused to listen just as the Lord had predicted. Then the Lord said to Moses, Get up early in the morning, go to Pharaoh, and tell him, The Lord, the God of the Hebrews, says, Let my people go so they can worship me. If you don't, I will send a plague that will really speak to you and your officials and all the Egyptian people. I will prove to you that there is no other God like me in all the earth. I could have killed you all by now. I could have attacked you with a plague that would have wiped you from the face of the earth. But I have let you live for this reason, that you might see my power and that my fame might spread throughout the earth. But you are still lording it over my people, and you refuse to let them go. So tomorrow, at this time, I will send a hailstorm worse than any in all of Egypt's history. Quick, order your livestock and servants to come in from the fields. Every person or animal left outside will die beneath the hail. Some of Pharaoh's officials believed what the Lord said. They immediately brought their livestock and servants in from the fields. But those who had no respect for the word of the Lord left them out in the open. Then the Lord said to Moses, Lift your hand toward the sky and cause the hail to fall throughout Egypt on the people, the animals, and the crops. So Moses lifted his staff toward the sky, and the Lord sent thunder and hail, and lightning struck the earth. The Lord sent a tremendous hailstorm against all the land of Egypt. Never in all the history of Egypt had there been such a storm like that, with such severe hail and continuous lightning. It left all of Egypt in ruins. Everything left in the fields was destroyed, people, animals, and crops alike. Even all the trees were destroyed. The only spot in all Egypt without hail that day was the land of Goshen, where the people of Israel lived. Then Pharaoh urgently sent for Moses and Aaron. I finally admit my fault, he confessed. The Lord is right, and my people and I are wrong. Please beg the Lord to end this terrifying thunder and hail. I will let you go at once. All right, Moses replied. As soon as I leave the city, I will lift my hands and pray to the Lord. Then the thunder and hail will stop. This will prove to you that the earth belongs to the Lord. But as for you and your officials, I know that you still do not fear the Lord God as you should. All the flax and barley were destroyed because the barley was ripe and the flax was in bloom. But the wheat and the spelt were not destroyed because they had not yet sprouted from the ground. So Moses left Pharaoh and went out of the city. As he lifted his hands to the Lord, all at once the thunder and hail stopped and the downpour ceased. When Pharaoh saw this, he and his officials sinned yet again by stubbornly refusing to do as they had promised. Pharaoh refused to let the people leave, just as the Lord had predicted. You're listening to the Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. Exodus 10. 
Then the Lord said to Moses, Return to Pharaoh and again make your demands. I have made him and his officials stubborn, so I can continue to display my power by performing miraculous signs among them. You will be able to tell wonderful stories to your children and grandchildren about the marvelous things I am doing among the Egyptians to prove that I am the Lord. So Moses and Aaron went to Pharaoh and said, This is what the Lord, the God of the Hebrews, says. How long will you refuse to submit to me? Let my people go so they can worship me. If you refuse, watch out, for tomorrow I will cover the whole country with locusts. There will be so many that you won't be able to see the ground. They will devour everything that escaped the hailstorm, including all the trees in the fields. They will overrun your palaces and the homes of your officials and all the houses of Egypt. Never in the history of Egypt has there been a plague like this one. And with that, Moses turned and walked out. The court officials now came to Pharaoh and appealed to him. How long will you let these disasters go on? Please let the Israelites go to serve the Lord their God. Don't you realize that Egypt lies in ruins? So Moses and Aaron were brought back to Pharaoh. All right, go and serve the Lord your God, he said. But tell me, just whom do you want to take along? Young and old, all of us will go, Moses replied. We will take our sons and daughters and our flocks and herds. We must all join together in a festival to the Lord. Pharaoh retorted, The Lord will certainly need to be with you if you try to take your little ones along. I can see through your wicked intentions. Never! Only the men may go and serve the Lord, for that is what you requested. And Pharaoh threw them out of the palace. Then the Lord said to Moses, Raise your hand over the land of Egypt to bring on the locust. Let them cover the land and eat all the crops still left after the hailstorm. So Moses raised his staff, and the Lord caused an east wind to blow all that day and through the night. When morning arrived, the east wind had brought the locusts. And the locusts swarmed over the land of Egypt from border to border. It was the worst locust plague in Egyptian history, and there has never again been one like it. For the locusts covered the surface of the whole country, making the ground look black. They ate all the plants and all the fruit on the trees that had survived the hailstorm. Not one green thing remained, neither tree nor plant, throughout the land of Egypt. Pharaoh quickly sent for Moses and Aaron. I confess my sin against the Lord your God and against you, he said to them. Forgive my sin only this once and plead with the Lord your God to take away this terrible plague. So Moses left Pharaoh and pleaded with the Lord. The Lord responded by sending a strong west wind that blew the locust out into the Red Sea. Not a single locust remained in all the land of Egypt. But the Lord made Pharaoh stubborn once again, and he did not let the people go. Then the Lord said to Moses, Lift your hand toward heaven, and a deep and terrifying darkness will descend on the land of Egypt. So Moses lifted his hand toward heaven, and there was deep darkness over the entire land for three days. During all that time, the people scarcely moved, for they could not see. But there was light as usual where the people of Israel lived. Then Pharaoh called for Moses. Go and worship the Lord, he said, but let your flocks and herds stay here. You can even take your children with you. No, Moses said, we must take our flocks and herds for sacrifices and burnt offerings to the Lord our God. All our property must go with us. Not a hoof can be left behind. We will have to choose our sacrifices for the Lord our God from among these animals, and we won't know which sacrifices he will require until we get there. So the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart once more, and he would not let them go. Get out of here, Pharaoh shouted at Moses. Don't ever let me see you again. The day you do, you will die. Very well, Moses replied. I will never see you again. End of reading, Exodus 6.14-10.29 through 
This is the Bible live. Thou shalt not go away. Moses and Aaron, these two elderly gentlemen, <laughs> these two are 80 and 83 years of age. Aaron is the older brother and Moses the younger. They are called at this time in their life to go and take on this amazing task, confront the Pharaoh, the emperor, the king of all of Egypt, and command in the name of their God that he release them to go back out into the desert. Of course, once released, I am sure that it came to the Pharaoh's mind that if I let them go, I will never get them back. We extract a great deal of labor and worth value from them, an economic thing. There seems to be a little spiritual competition going on as well. Egypt is a land of many gods. In fact, all of these plagues are attacking the viability and the truthfulness of one of the many gods of Egypt frog gods and gnats and flies, all of these, there were gods related to these different miracles. So God is doing a tremendous work of revelation through Moses and Aaron, not only to the people of Israel, but the people of Egypt. They too are being drawn to God. They too are given an opportunity now to see the true and living God and to respond to him. And some people, of course, do. When they leave Egypt, you'll notice that many Egyptians leave with them. What do you think about Aaron's rod becomes a snake? And then the illusionists or the sorcerers, either by trickery, by illusion, or somehow by occultic power, they are able to throw their staffs down and see them become serpents as well. True here, Aaron's staff swallowed up the other snakes. Maybe in that sense, this got to be a little bit of a competition about who could do what. The sorcerers trying to match these plagues, which of course is ironic because they only made the situation worse. They were able to replicate that wonder, but they just were turning water into blood. I mean, they were really making it worse. When they did the same thing with the frogs or with the gnats, they just made more frogs and more gnats. If they really had power, they would have reversed the miracle, but they were not able to do so. think there's any way that we are going to be able to comprehend what is going on here without understanding the incredible cultural, religious, social pressure that is on Moses, that is on the people of Israel. Every nation of that era was polytheistic. Many, many, many gods worshiping the god of the Nile, worshiping the animals, and also Almost every religion of that time had terrible sexual perversions as part of their religious practice. And so in the midst of all of this revelation that God is giving of himself to Pharaoh and to Egypt, he's also trying to show the people of Israel that he alone the is the true and living God. The Bible Dollar, Soapy Reads from the New Living Translation by Tyndale House Publishers. The Bible Live is dedicated to helping promote spiritual revival across America, and your prayers and financial support are needed. Please mail your tax-deductible gift to The Bible Live, Post Office Box 18888. That's The Bible Live, P.O. Box 18888, San Antonio, Texas 78218. You may also make credit card donations at the ministry website, thebiblelive.com. 
Now don't forget, join us each weekday for the Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. Start today and in one year's time, we will read and respond together to the entire Bible. Let the most important word you hear each day be God's word.